Brayden, turn around, close your eyes, and fall. Just kidding. I have zero <laughs> confidence in you catching me. I'm not doing that. Okay, coming up on the Bible Story Podcast, we're going to talk about confidence and why we can be confident. Hello, my name is Braden Pohoich, and across from me is John Drabert. Hello. John Draber. <laughs> How do you know I'm French? To just make it sound fancy. Actually, I'm Canadian. But anyway. Uh, John, I do think we need to give a little bit of an explanation as to why I have zero confidence in you catching me. Yeah. Because it's a half-truth. It's a half-truth. Please, <laughs> please, you know, please do give us an explanation, Brayden, because my feelings will be crushed wow. if you do not give us a full and very Com- comprehensive. complete... Yeah comprehensive that's a great word yeah explanation okay so well for a long time now john as you personally know and have uh, seen, i don't remember any of this <clears throat> i have an unfortunately bad back for uh for a whippersnapper as young as i am yeah everything <laughs> about you is whippersnapper except your 90 year old back exactly so uh, i'm sure if i was to have you catch me in any sort of way uh, that I would twist or try and catch myself or my back would end up probably at a 90 degree angle in which it's not supposed to go and it would make it nearly impossible for anyone to catch me and then I'd hit the ground and be in pain for like six months. So in this case, your back pain makes it impossible for you to have any confidence in really anybody catching you. And yeah. so it would be quote unquote sabotaging your sabotaging. normal confidence. Yeah, it, I, I mean, I, I don't even have confidence in my back to... To lift me up most days. Well, <laughs> that makes me feel a lot better. Yeah. You know, uh, I appreciate your bad back explanation, but oh, not your bad back. Okay, perfect. Well, today we are talking about confidence and its foundation. And we will also mention something even more serious than Ooh. having a 90-year-old back at the ripe old age of 28. <laughs> uh, but specifically something that's sabotaging your confidence and, and not only sabotaging, but will decimate it. Absolutely destroy it wow so confidence you know it's a tricky thing yeah i mean it's kind of a broad topic it's it's kind of a vague word it it kind of means a lot of different things to a lot of different people so Mm -hmm. so bear with us Uh, we can have confidence you know in our skills uh our character our knowledge of or or have confidence in other people to catch them when they fall right right like john i do i have a crazy amount of confidence in, in you in like all of the ways. Yes. If I had to choose someone, if I was, ha- if, if I you were someone, forced to, if someone pushed me down the stairs and I had to choose someone at the bottom of the stairs to catch me, I would probably choose you out of all of the people. Yeah, that's gonna hurt for both of us, but <laughs> I will, I will be there for you, friend. We're such good friends. Oh man, <laughs> if I'm going down, I'm taking you with me. <laughs> so, so having confidence in all those things, right? Skills, character, knowledge, other people. You know, that's not really what we're talking no, about today, is it? it it's not. It's uh, you know, we're going to jump into the book of James. John, describe that part for us. So the book of James is, is found in the New Testament, and it's toward the back of the Bible, or the Bible, as you like to call it. Right. If you're using a paper Bible. Paper it's Bible. Bible, yeah. Yeah. And if you're, use, like, just, if you're not using the app. So if, if you're using a Bible... Uh, you know, those have a table of contents in the first few pages that'll give you the page number that you can um, kind of find each book of the Bible when you're looking for it. Okay, so in the book of James and every other book for that matter in, within the Bible, 
you're going to see some large numbers. And those large numbers are the chapter numbers. And the small numbers, well, they are the verses. Exactly. So uh, let's start today's story with a few words from the book of James. John, you're going to read James 4, 7 to 10 for us. All right. So here I go. Uh, So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. Hmm. That's some big stuff. That's it. That's that's pretty awesome stuff that he's he's talking about. We could do like six months on this verse, I think. Okay. <laughs> anyway, as <laughs> as a the main point for today's episode is as a follower of our, follower of Christ, our self confidence that comes from God. Absolutely, confidence that comes from God is is it's fed by humility. Mm-hmm. Arrogance is what's going to destroy confidence. It's going to destroy us, destroy us. It is a complete orientation to self. We're just absolutely self-focused. Right. Arrogance is self-focused and, and confidence is, is humble, specifically humbling ourselves before the Lord. So it begs the question, like, you know, what really is humility? I think it's, I'd like to say proportionally self-aware, okay, which means you know, I'm not thinking more highly of myself than I ought to, but, you know, we know who we are. We're no, we know what we're good at, but we also know what we're not good at or who we're not, you know, proportionally self-aware. Right. So humility is, is understanding the good and the bad within each of us. It's, yeah. it's having an accurate understanding of self. So sometimes that, you know, that's really actually kind of hard and, mm-hmm. and we may not actually like what we see in some areas and in other areas we might like what we see but when we combine all of that self-awareness with the idea of growth and humility uh confidence begins to flourish and uh, Braden, you've got a kind of an example for us here i do okay so let's think of it this way a person may not be overly skilled in a particular sport or knowledgeable in a subject or perhaps they have some you know massive character flaw. You might think that that person isn't overly confident. But, you know, still, if they're growing as an athlete or becoming more knowledgeable in a subject or making better decisions around a a certain struggle, they will likely be growing in their confidence as a person, even though they're not, you know, arriving at they're the best at that thing all of a sudden. But they're aware that they have more growing to do and are confident in who they are and, and who they're becoming because they are self-aware. And that's really interesting because, well, being self-aware can help a person be, be humble and thus confident. Right, like me, humble yeah. and confident. Absolutely it, like you. It, except in the, you know, trust fall where it would break my back. Right, absolutely like you. <laughs> uh, you know, Honestly, Braden, I do think you are a humble person and a growing person. So uh, put that feather in your cap and don't be prideful about it. (laughs) 
Gotcha. Okay. As long so, as I'm not growing outwardly, like like chubby wise. Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. I, I will say that if if the trust fall wasn't a game, like and I already already said this, I'd be there for you. Oh and and you know it. Oh, I would jump willingly into your arms. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You are right, and John, I would have confidence in not only you catching me, but many other parts of my life and, and you helping me and being a friend. There you go. Okay, so time for a couple of stories uh, based on our lesson today. Humility brings confidence. So if you have a story, Brayden, for us about mm-hmm. humility, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to follow that story up with a story of my own about confidence. Perfect. Divide and conquer. That's what we're doing. I like it. Okay, so John, you know me well enough to know that you know humility is a top- topic I, I struggle with. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think because it's... I don't necessarily struggle with being humble, but I, I don't agree or I, with the definition of it. I think yeah, that you, people... Just today, you looked up the definition and you're like, I don't like this definition. It was a bad dictionary. definition. Yeah. You agreed with that. I did agree with it. But I do think people have a general misunderstanding of what humility is, what it looks like. I think it, we misuse the word. Particularly a biblical sense of, of, of that word. Yeah. So I believe that we should be able to be confident you know, in our abilities, in our relationships, specifically in the things that we've worked hard at or, or those things that God has given us. You know, I, I, there's something important about being confident in those. And I don't believe that humility and confidence are somehow exclusive from each other. Right. They're not, they're not a part. They're... Right. Which some people believe that you can't be confident if you are to be humble. Right. Okay. Okay. Quick, funny anecdote Ooh. before I get into a more important story. Okay. Okay. Uh, I once took a personality test or like a character test. Did you fail? I don't think so. (laughs) Um, Maybe that a friend of mine who is taking her master's degree in psychology sent all of us. She was taking these tests and it was kind of fun for us. So out of 30 characteristics, you answered a bunch of different questions and then it ranked you. Right. So 30 personality characteristics. Apparently the one I scored the highest in is bravery. Wow. I'm very brave. I'm going to bring you in my next adventures. So oh, that you, yeah, it's super yeah. brave. Um, which maybe just means I don't, I don't think about the consequences enough. Oh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but the thing that I scored the lowest on yeah. was humility. <gasps> yeah. Oh my goodness. But here's again, I just, I think I, because I dif- disagree with their definition of humility. And so that's why they ranked me low on that. Or, or, or it's like bang on and we just can't see it. <laughs> or maybe that. Okay. Here is my, my example. Okay. So as a kid and, and really into my teens, I was wildly competitive. Which You competitive? I know. Surprising. Right? Uh, so not just in sports, but like in anything. Uh, this became the norm for me. You know, I, I have often been someone who can try new things and be relatively good, of, good at them right off the bat. Now, I'm sure this was be good, beginner luck and oh, not just Absolutely skill. was beginner luck. Yeah. I don't even have to be there to know that. (laughs) I was skilled at something. Okay. So that's an important piece to know. Now, later on in life, as a young adult, I worked on an ambulance for a short time in my life. Now, the schooling for that job spanned over nine months and was probably, honestly, the hardest thing intellectually that I'd ever had to do. There was Mm. so much to learn. I carried a duffel bag with like 12 textbooks in it that I had to memorize by the end of that nine months. That doesn't sound fun at all. It was not. Each day of class consisted of four hours of theory, 
you know, memorizing medications and illnesses and signs and symptoms and all of those sorts of different things. And then we would go to four hours of scenario-based, you know, practice on the skills that we were learning. Hmm. So that's a lot of class time. It was a long day. Yeah. And this was like a weirdly competitive school atmosphere. So they ranked us at the end of every single week based on our grade performance. So out of 18 students, they would tell you where you stood at the end of each Friday. For sure, you're like number two or number three, right? <laughs> no, I wish. Oh. Uh, so you, you either stood at the bottom, which was number 18, or at the top, which was number one. And literally on your way out the door on the Friday afternoon, they would tell you, this is where you are. And, and being so competitive, you're like number one. No, no, I was not. Again, we're getting there. Okay. <laughs> and here's the thing. Even when they call you to tell you that you've been accepted, they tell you the exact spot in which you're entering the class. So there was 56 applicants. Okay. I was number 16 that was chosen out of the 18 students that would enter that class. Oh my goodness. Yeah. There, you know, I was one of the youngest individuals that they had let in. And, and they told me right over the phone that my aptitude test score was the lowest that they let in. Oh, dear. So I didn't score that well. So it was like, yay, I'm in. And then it's like, I'm not very good at this, apparently. Exactly. However, I was really lucky that my scenario, my ability to think on my feet, and my interview was what got me in. Hmm. I, I did. They told me I had the worst score in the aptitude test, but I had the best score on, an inter on the interviews out of everybody. Well, good for you. So that... Saved that saved me. your butt. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I started off in this class really competitively because you walk in every day and you see this ranking on the board. I, I started off by studying on my own and attempting to cram all of the knowledge that I needed, you know, for the next day into my head over the few short hours that I would get to myself every single evening. So, so you're all by yourself and you're completely like, well, let's just say it, self-focused because you're being competitive. Right. Well, and I'm trying to, yeah, exactly. I'm like, I got to beat these other yeah. 17 individuals Yeah, because I got to be number one. So here's the thing that it wasn't working and my grades were going down. Uh -oh. I, I was, I was truthfully sitting at that number 18 spot for <gasps> a while. Really? Yeah. That's not so, fun. Uh, this isn't something that I always talk about, but I'm not inherently good at, at book learning. Okay. Like school is not something that I, that I'm natural at. You know, I, I'm much more of a hands-on learner or scenario-based learner and so much of this program was memorizing facts which made it so difficult for me so here i was i had a choice i could sit at that you know worst spot in the class yeah the lowest mark and i could be jaded and i could struggle you know through it on my own and and i could just kind of grumble to myself at risk of failing huh. because just because you got in doesn't mean you're going to pass this class no we had to have an 80 percent or higher to pass that's a lot of pressure. It was a lot of pressure. So that was my choice. Or I could ask somebody for help, which at that time in my life was not something that I was good at. And it doesn't really fit into the competitive sphere. It's pretty humbling. Yeah. Like, let's just, let's just say it. It's you gotta, you gotta admit that you're not the best. Right. Or also not see everybody as competition. Yeah. That mm. actually we might be better at this together. So I did, I ended up asking for help. There was two guys in, in particular, and we formed a st study group that would meet every single day for two hours before class. We'd meet at the Starbucks, and then we would head from class straight to the library. Oh my goodness. And so we you were would doing, study 
there until the library would close at 9 p.m. So you're doing six hours of, uh, of school stuff before lunch, six hours after lunch. Oh, we were probably doing easily 10 hours after lunch because the library would close at about nine o'clock. Oh my word. So every single day. This That's is, a long day. <laughs> they were really long days. We had a lot to learn. But every single day, these guys would meet me there. It wasn't just me doing it alone. I wasn't going home to study in my room alone. They would meet me there and they struggled through this with me. Hmm. I wasn't struggling on my own. So here's the thing. It's not like they were any better at learning than I was, nor were they, you know, teaching me everything. We, we took turns because, you know, someone would understand one topic better than the rest of us. And then they would explain it to us or help us learn it. It turned into this like massive team effort and it, it was awesome. Like the most fun that I've ever had learning in my life because I had these guys who had my back and we'd get into really weird conversations about like the intricacies of diabetes or heart disease. Which is crazy. <laughs> Which is weird, but we were learning it. And, and then one of them would come up with a ridiculous anecdote or, or word or phrase that would help us remember some of these things. And you'd be sitting there writing a test and you'd think to yourself like, the brown cow went up the hill and that would be some answer to a test ah, question. That's hilarious. And, and it was <laughs> because of them, I would have never thought of those things on my own, but it was because of them that, that those answers would come to me at the times that I needed them. So, so you crawled your way from 18th all the way to number one. <laughs> no, what? I, I didn't. Oh. There were some really smart people in that class. And by the end of the program, I think I ended up at like 11th. Hey, that's better than one. I, I did, Double one. I will say. Double one. That's twice <laughs> as good as number one. I will say the 11th spot I wa was the lowest grade to pass. So Ooh. there was seven people in the class that did not pass. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty competitive. So I think I passed. We needed an 80%. I passed with like an 80.2. Oh my goodness. Squeaked that one in. Good um, for you. But it it was because I had trouble with testing. I I... It didn't matter though. That's the, that's the fact. It didn't matter. I felt that I'd learned what I needed to learn and it helped me so much later in life. I, I didn't do that job for very long. I didn't use that schooling. I went back later in life to get a, a degree. And the first thing I did, John, is I walked into that classroom, you know, on day one of four years of this new, new program of this new program was I scoped out people who were, well, smarter than me. One. Yeah and better than me at, at school and who thought differently than me so they could challenge me and mm. push me to do better. So I didn't have to do it on my own. I, and I, again, found three people that, like, they're the reason I think I passed my degree. Uh, again, you, you just, like, from day one, you learned your lesson. You just said, I'm going to humble myself and find people who are smarter than me. And, exactly. And help. People who can push me along, who we can, you know, push each other. I am That's awesome. way better as part of a team than I am on my own. And uh, the process... Truthfully, is way more enjoyable when you have friends around. Yep. So all that to say, I had to humble myself and recognize that I'm not the best at it. I, I can't do it on my own, nor does everything come easy, even though that's what I was used to. I had to ask these people for help. I had to say, I'm not the best and I could really use a hand here. Mm. And I had to let others teach me and be a part of my process. Awesome. And that's such a valuable lesson because, you know, obviously you took, took, that, took away from that and applied it uh, down the road into another class. But, uh, and I can see how you're applying that here, here even at work. I, I, mean, I think that you lesson... You approach me all the time saying, John, I just don't know. 
you're super smart and, and you know you could probably teach me a whole lot more mm-hmm. but you know mm-hmm. you know i just really appreciate you know you it's exactly what it is every time yeah. i start a conversation with you i say hey john you're the smarter one in this <laughs> duo <laughs> no you don't <laughs> and i'm glad you don't because i'm not um no but it, it's a it's a lesson that i learned and i apply every single day that's awesome well Thanks for the story no uh, and opening up. You uh, have a story about confidence. I, I do. I'm done talking. Okay. So I attended Buck Mountain Central High School. Mm-hmm. Life, was, life was good for me in, uh, growing, uh, growing up in my teen years. Um, you know, I was growing in my faith. And not everybody can say this through their teen years. Like, yeah. Uh, through high school, grade 10 through 12, it was, it was a pretty good um, time for me. But, you know, I was, I was growing in my faith. I was well-liked at school. Young um, and handsome. Well, I was young, and, <laughs> and and my classmates, you know, they knew that I wasn't, you know, I wasn't into the party scene. So, uh, and they really at that point stopped pressuring me to to make poor choices or mm. what I thought were poor, poor choices. That's awesome. Um, I enjoyed playing sports, and I was growing into a leader at my youth group and church. You know, things were good, and and yet, yet, Braden, I really struggled with confidence at school uh, just like most teens do mm. um so even though it looked like you should be confident because yeah. things were going well things were going well but you know i struggled with confidence and 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 i i'm sure you can relate to this the difference between being accepted and being an outcast uh is like razor thin oh yeah in, in high school right feels like it can change in a minute absolutely and you know i saw how life was just super hard for students who were not accepted it I, it was just awful for them how they were teased and kind of on the on the fringes. So I made sure not to talk about my faith at school. Hmm. I, I felt like it would have been it would have given students even even more reason to see me as different and, and to tease me and to make you know, really make every single day of my life at school super difficult. So, so you saw how people could be an outcast and how that made it really hard for them and did not want your faith to make you an outcast. Bang on. Gotcha. You got it. I'm so, following. So there was, there was a lot of fear with that. And, and I maybe had an incorrect view or understanding of how people perceived me and my faith. But mm-hmm. that's, that was my hang up at that point. Right. So my youth pastor, uh, cool guy, uh, Burl Bend, uh, told me that he had arranged with a bunch of schools in the area to come in at lunch, the lunch hour and meet with students from various days. And so a few le- weeks later, later he showed up at my school Braden, my youth pastor at my school and it, i'm just gonna be honest here he was the last person i wanted there and, and it's not because i didn't like him uh it's not because i didn't want to hang out with him elsewhere uh but because of what he represented mm-hmm. and symbolized uh he was a pastor he represented the church and Christianity as a whole. Right. And that was super scary for me. So, you know, at, at church and youth group, you know, I was, I was a very confident person. I was, I was growing in my faith, as I said before. And, you know, I was, I was also, I think, Braden, as we've talked about with, in our episode already, um, I was becoming more self-aware. Hmm. So, with my youth pastor showing up at school and wanting to hang out with me, I had a crisis. Like, I hope your youth pastor is listening right now. 
Oh, he totally is. <laughs> he, actually, he's been on this show. Oh. Viral Bend. Viral, if you're listening, I love you. I met Viral for the first time. He's such a great guy. He is a great guy. If he showed up to work right now, I would not be mortified to hang out with you, Viral, just so you know. Me neither. I've grown up since high school. <laughs> I love you, Viral. So, but I had a crisis. Like, I was super immature in my faith. Yeah. Um, in my character. And, and I didn't want people to know about more about my faith than they already did yeah and you're riding that thin line of of fitting in and not fitting in i felt like i had a lot to lose yeah and look hindsight is 2020 i had nothing to lose but uh anyway i didn't want to be a social outcast at school okay so what did you do did you did you run away i should have no i shouldn't have uh i wanted to to be honest Mm. but you know my my youth pastors his mere presence like he didn't teach anything but his mere presence forced me to deal with with the difference between my my church life and my school life at school mm. i was afraid that i that i had become uh, very you know well i i was afraid i'd become self-focused right i i was not a healthy person in that sense uh i was like i said a lot to I felt like I had a lot to lose. You were living a double life in your yeah. faith, right? Even though I wasn't necessarily doing anything wrong right. at school. Yeah. And, and it was hard and scary for me to hang out with my youth pastor at first at mm. school, right? Like it was like, what is my friends going to say? I bet. And, you know, the noon hour would end and I'd be like, yeah, we, were, yeah, we just talked. We hang, hung out. And, and there were, yeah, it was just, it was weird. Anyway, um, it forced me to make some big decisions. Mm-hmm. And I, I had to become aware of, of really the hypocrisy and the lack of transparency at school about right. my faith. You were hiding. I was hiding. Yeah. Completely 100% hiding. And now, fortunately for me, you know, I did continue to grow in my faith. It wasn't like, boom, I was, I was fixed as soon as my youth pastor showed up. It was the thing that triggered a long process of healing and, mm. and of growing. And by the time I graduated, I was, I was confident. I had no issues about sharing my faith and, and talking about that if people wanted to talk about it. That's awesome. Um, yeah. But it was, it was one of those very necessary things. And um, thank you, Viral, because that was super important for my life. That's awesome. John, I, I appreciate you sharing. That's not always easy to you know, share when we're not as confident. Right. Or not as humble. Yeah. Those are hard things to talk about. And, okay. and, and Viral, I do, I do need to say this. I'm sure you picked up on my like awkwardness. Oh, I bet you were sweating bullets. And like, not wanting to hang out. And I just want you to know, it wasn't you. It was me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's jump back to our, to our story. We're going to look back at the text today. So again, we're reading from James. And James writes about this idea of when we are able to humble, se- humble ourselves before God, God will honor us. All right, so one of our, our natural things that will, one of the natural things that will come out of humility is confidence. And there's a very specific reason for this. Right. One thing that comes, you know, with humility is growth. Humble people tend to be people who are growing personally. When we think of our faith and having confidence in Christ, being honest with ourselves is super important. As we become more aware of inconsistencies in our life and, and we are faced with that choice to grow out of those things or to hide them, we can either be self-focused and, and mask that hypocrisy like you so badly wanted to, 
Yeah. <laughs> or, or we get to face that and we get to decide to be transparent and authentic and deal with those issues. So James then teaches us a, a really important issue. Mm-hmm. And, and this is, let me summarize a, a few of the things that James talks about here, okay? We should humble ourselves, be honest and transparent about everything within us. Then he tells us to get real with God and tell him everything that's not right. The sin, mm-hmm. the garbage uh, that just needs to be dealt with. And, and then to be authentic and filled with sorrow for those things. James then continues to teach us of an important lesson that as we humble ourselves, God honors us in that. You know, one of the things we gain is confidence. As we humble ourselves, God grows our confidence in him and establishes it in his grace rather than our own efforts. It's not like we're now more confident in our basketball playing skills, but we're more confident in who God created us to be. And I think this is a really... Really important distinction mm-hmm. in, 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 our, in how humility brings confidence, right? So as a follower of Christ, we, a, a follower of Christ acknowledges that they just can't do it on their own. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't do this on my own. I can't save myself from sin, Braden. Exactly. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> but humility yeah. brings confidence because we are aware of Christ's love and grace for us. That's so correct. I don't know how else to say yeah. that, but and because we we're able to look outside of ourselves for that grace, our confidence can grow beyond our own abilities. We're not self-focused. It grows beyond our, our abilities, our character, or our friendships. Humility brings confidence when it's rooted in God's love and grace for us. Growth tip So the foundation of confidence is humility. And, and our growth tip is super straightforward. Perfect. Our growth tip or a growth tip that we talk about each episode is a way for all of us to grow in a relationship with Jesus Christ. So all we want you to do is write one thing down in an, a, an area in which you need to grow. Just one thing, which I know for those people that are like me out there, it's going to be hard to pick one just one. Just one. And we, we actually want you to write it down because there's something so important about writing things down. It helps us learn differently. So after you write down the area in which you wish to grow, ask yourself this question and, and then write this response down. What needs to end and what needs to begin for me to grow? Hmm. What Good needs question. to end and what needs to begin for me to grow? Man, I hope you guys have fun and and maybe are scared of this question a little bit you are all amazing we love you hey if you like this show maybe consider giving it a rating and a review uh that will help other people discover it and grow in their faith as well remember that there is nothing more important than a growing relationship with jesus christ John, have you ever been asked a question that is so difficult to answer that it changed your entire life? Uh, I don't, I don't think so. But it really seems like you have a big, you have big expectations for this question here. So maybe this question? Okay, well, not totally what I'm getting at, but we will hear a story in our coming episode about how one question changed my life.